0: I'm Joel Jones and I listen to Top 5 Comics Podcasts.
1: Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcasts, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today we have Rossimus Prime. Hey. And CBS. Hey. I mean, it's. Can't do it twice. Uh, so. T- <laughs> man. So today we're doing episode number 161, and this is kind of a do-over episode, so if you were listening to last episode, 162, this is the replacement episode for the previous episode that didn't work. If you didn't know about that, then hey, now he's out to battle. <laughs> news to you, is news to everyone.
0: It may have been news to me just now.
1: I mean, you were there, but... Oh. <laughs>
0: that doesn't mean I knew what was going on, though. Steve. That's a good point, that's
1: true. That is, that is true. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, well, speaking of news, Ross, do you have any news? Um, I have a very little bit of news. That's all that matters. Do you so. have any news? I, well, I mean a little bit. and stuff from a couple weeks ago, so depending on whether you, how often you follow stuff. So there's been some interesting, interesting developments with something DC's been doing. DC's been doing this thing called the uh, DC Ask Fans Pans Vote, which basically what they decided to do is build a whole bracket of different titles you can vote on with different teams and basically they're pitting concept versus concept and whatever concept wins at the end of the bracket apparently will get made into something
0: so i think it's all trick
1: it might very well be
0: because i think they're going to make whatever they want anyways and this is a good way for them to judge like
1: what people are wanting them to make sure so like a weird kind of test yeah that would make a lot of sense actually yeah. I mean, there are some interesting ideas in there, I mean, as far as titles, but there are a couple that were really weird. Was Frankenstein on there? I did not see Frankenstein. But I, did, I didn't go through the whole list.
0: Yeah, I didn't really look at it at all yet. I know there's a Green Lantern pitch of some sort on there. There's a Green
1: Lantern one. There's one called Etta Candy Holiday Hero Inc. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the concept is something that you, she ate a different flavor or something and gave her different powers. So, kind of like a dial E th- or dial H thing. Huh. But, I don't. yeah, I don't know much more about it, because I don't know who Etta Candy is. I
0: thought she was the, like, assistant in Wonder Woman. Is that oh. a different person, or am I... That was
1: Edna. Oh, was it Etta? It might be Etta. I don't know. That's a good question.
0: I didn't know if she was actually from anything before, or not, you know? Yeah,
1: it's not a name I'm familiar with.
0: She's uh, Aunt Hilda in the Sabrina show.
1: I mean, that's true, yes. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the Wonder Woman side, though. The way I understand it.
0: Or does it? I mean, in my It, it doesn't.
1: Yeah, the Green Lantern one was called Green Lantern Underworld on Fire. That sounds awesome. It does. The title is
0: great. Isn't, isn't that the idea, usually, is that Underworld is on fire?
1: I mean, you think so. But, <laughs> I mean, in this one, apparently it's worse. Oh, okay. And there was a Zatanna and the Nightmare King, which oh, that, that sounds, sounds really cool, cool too. too.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, another one of the more weirder ones was the Brave and the Bug. And there was Crimson... No, sorry. Crisis on Infinite Ambush. Weird. Let me.
0: Dig- that sounds like is it, so. Is that like they're teaming up Ambush Bug with different people every time?
1: That's what the one image looks like. Huh. And I, I didn't read the whole write up on that one, but the titling was like, "Oh, it's Ambush Bug and problems," <laughs> which I do like. Ambush Bug.
0: Isn't there usually problems when Ambush Bug is involved? I mean,
1: always. Yeah. <laughs> usually, he's causing them. So, but I mean, it's a thing. Uh, one of the other ones was called uh, Lobo and Animal Man: Scorched Earth. That sounds
0: cool too. I know. I don't. I don't think that sounds quite as cool as the Green Lantern and Zatanna.
1: No options. But. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the other ones was uh, Son of the Creeper. Nice. And then uh, Robin's plural. Huh. Um. I, I, again, the write-up so read maybe two weeks ago. So. Right. But, as a thing, they're still doing voting. We are in the second tier I think um the way you would go to vote if you want to try to vote if you go on twitter at to at d c comics it would be where you would find it um they have a hashtag for it too, which is hashtag d c round robin so if you use the hashtag you should be able to find the links and I know on the Twitter page' there's a bunch of the different ups for each different thing right because I've seen them yeah. so like. Interesting idea, but I have a feeling you're probably right. They'll just make whatever they want.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely a good way to test, you know, what what people read and are like, oh, I'd want to read that and, you know.
1: Sure. Gear, gear the idea of how many people vote for whatever.
0: Uh-huh. I and
1: mean, that's like the biggest thing I really had was that because it's still going on. And as far as rounds, I want to say only the first one's over, so I think we're in round two now.
0: It sounds right. I know I've seen it. I haven't voted or anything yet, but is more interesting than I thought what was going on. I thought it was more just like a character bracket of fun like...
1: Oh, weird like story yeah. or battle elements or something? Yeah,
0: just like rank your characters against each other. I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to what it was. That sounds way cooler
1: right? right. <laughs> than what I was thinking. Well, interesting nothing else. I mean, something to check out.
0: So on the uh, DC News side of things... There was some kind of uh, sad, really sad news for me, only kind of sad news for some people on the DC end, um, on the movies, DC right. movies end. They pulled the plug on the New Gods movie. Oh, really? And the Trench movie.
1: <laughs> oh, that's too bad. <laughs> Which
0: it's not a huge surprise, but I was super, super excited about that. Wasn't the
1: Trench supposed to be the Aquaman 2 movie?
0: Well, there's Aquaman 2, but then there was going to be a spin-off that was a horror movie that was... Just The Trench from Aquaman. Oh. Which, to me, sounded like the best thing ever. Sure. Like, let's make a movie for us. That's what I read
1: when I read <laughs> that, that. Well, that's crazy. I didn't know they canceled the New Gods thing.
0: Yeah, they, uh, they said indefinite hiatus. So, I guess if someone gets real excited and dc is like, let's do them anyways, then they could still technically come back. But
1: Right. Huh. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else we had heard, uh, apparently Image is going to be bringing, or they're putting back out, not back out, we're going to finally be getting, okay, so what I was told earlier today mm-hmm. is that apparently we're going to be getting Battle Chasers number 10, 11, and 12 at some point later this year in combination with some type of Kickstarter with Joe Matarero's video game. Oh, man. Um, so... The what we were told is that Joe Matt is doing the covers, and I guess writing, but apparently not doing the interior art. Hmm. So that's kind of weird, just because like the whole steeze of the book was hit, that he was doing all of that. Right. And he is still a fantastic artist, right? even though he doesn't really do hardly anything ever, but mm-hmm. he's still really good. But as a thing, I guess, yeah. you know, rewind back to 2000, oh gosh, what was it? I did not remember when the last book came out. It was years ago. Right. 2012, maybe? Yeah, it was a while back. That was so long ago. But I guess, in theory, we might be getting into that actual story. And we know at one point he did do, like, an issue 10 that was part of a different Kickstarter. That that thing, I mean, never, I never really saw it, because, of course, I didn't pledge to his campaign. But it was something that if you bought the biggest package or whatever, you got a bunch of pieces for the game. Mm-hmm. And then you also got a copy of the mystical issue 10.
0: Oh, crazy. So, like... But it didn't actually come out. Right? No,
1: it was never released right. as regular print. They're saying these ones are gonna come out through image. So nice. I guess if you're a Battle Chasers fan and wish there was into that story. And don't hold your breath till August, but I mean at least there's a finish line in the maybe. I don't right. know. Right.
0: Yeah. That's cool.
1: So that's interesting.
0: On the uh, on the image side of things too, we got some news that um if you've read the new Geiger comic by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Right. Um, in the b- back of it, I guess I haven't got to read it yet. I'm excited to, but I haven't got to read it yet. But in the back end of it, there's an ad for a new book by um, Peter Tomasi and Brad Walker called "Snipe and Slug," which looks like a crazy future story about. It says he's the bullet, and, or he's the sniper, and she's the bullet. So it's a basically like an Adam type character or a ant-man type character that gets in a little bullet shrinks down goes into a bullet and he shoots him off, her off like i don't know what anything else about it but it looks awesome
1: well one picture you showed me earlier today looks really cool i mean maybe it's like roger rabbit with the tomahawk bullet kind of all the bullets are yeah. alive maybe it's like that maybe <laughs> i mean obviously less cartoony because the art for the book is not right it's not silly like that
0: well they said it's future sci-fi so we know that much at least and the interesting part about it, I mean, it's advertised in the back of Geiger, um, but it's actually being put out by Jeff John's Mad Ghost studio. And this is the only thing that he's ever put out that wasn't his own stuff.
1: Right. Well, like his, his own imprint over at Image mm-hmm. Now. Uh-huh. So kind of like how uh, Robert Kirkman has Skybound. Right. And like Robert Kirkman books come out under that imprint. Jeff John's has his own imprint now.
0: So what's interesting about the Mad Ghost thing, though, is like when Stargirl comes out for DC, it's technically a Mad Ghost production, too. Really? The one so it's like So it's like his own production company that makes everything. Oh,
1: that's right.
0: So what, it's crazy that someone else's stuff is coming out under his... Under his imprint. Yeah.
1: Interesting, because like whenever he split from DC technically making himself his own company, that was weird when that was happening. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that Stargirl is going to be considered part of that imprint.
0: Right. And, like, if you watch, like, the Stargirl TV show or any of the new DC shows that he is involved in, it says a Mad Ghost production in the TV shows, too. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't know that. I
1: haven't watched any of that for a while.
0: Yeah, so basically it was just his name. But, yeah, it's weird. It's weird that someone else is underneath it now. And it's interesting that it's kind of two pretty big DC people from... You know, they just ended their run on Detective Comics before Future State stuff happened, so...
1: Right. Well, as far as teams are concerned, Tomasi's been over there for a long time, too, at DC. Right.
0: Right. And I don't... I mean, as far as I know, he hasn't, like, left DC or anything. But it's interesting that it's kind of like... At least a little bit to me, I kind of associate Tomasi with, like, the Jeff Johns DC. Sure. So it's kind of cool. It's cool that they're writing something... I don't know if those stories are going to be connected at all. I kind of thought they were, but it doesn't actually say anywhere that they will be. And without having read Geiger yet, I'm not sure if, you know.
1: if there's any room for that or Right. Not? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting though. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like other news, this is the only other thing I really have. Um, so, Predator, which this kind of aligns up with something we're doing today. I never said the books, did I? Nope. That's okay.
0: Well, it's a surprise. Surprise. Um,
1: so... <laughs> Uh, Predator is coming out from Marvel. Um, it is being pushed back, however, so it was solicited in this month's catalog, the April catalog, mm-hmm. for, a uh, June, July release. Uh, that is not going to be the case now. It's not going to come out until, I think, November. Yeah. So it's being moved way back. I assume the real reason that they're moving it back has something to do with the pub- publishing shifting from Diamond to Random House. Oh. I mean, it, it might just be that the book wasn't ready, I guess. And maybe it's a contract thing? I mean, it's another one of those licensing things. Like, who, where where the rights lie, I have no idea.
0: Well, I was kind of wondering if there's a chance there's a new Predator thing coming out this year that they haven't announced yet, maybe. Like a TV show or a... Maybe. Because, you know, that's all under the Disney umbrella now, too, technically. That's true.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's possible that there's something coming out video-wise or mm show-wise. I mean, I haven't heard anything, but that doesn't mean anything. I
0: wouldn't imagine we would announce a whole new movie and a movie would be out by then, but I could totally see, like, a Hulu TV show or something that's Predator.
1: Sure. Well, something that has been in the works but hasn't been announced, maybe? Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: I mean, that's possible, it just seems like a weird, if that was the case, I think more likely they wouldn't wouldn't have solicited the book in the first place.
0: Right. Well, I, I just, I wonder if maybe they solicited the book and then were like, hang on a second, we can tie these things together and make better sales for it if we do it.
1: Later. I mean, maybe. That's a, that's a good possibility. So I guess, I yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Never know. Or
0: it might just be like a production thing too, even. so.
1: Well, I mean, that's possible that it was something to do with the book itself, release-wise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's hard to say why exactly, but as a thing, if you're excited for Predator in the summer, you're gonna have to wait till the winter.
0: Yeah, you got to be excited about it at Christmas time instead,
1: which it's is just, not the right time for him really at all. Nothing says Christmas like the Predator. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is, that is true. But he usually likes warm temperatures. So that's pretty weird.
0: It's like you know how people like Christmas in Hawaii. It's same idea. Christmas um, with yeah. the Predator. Christmas with the Predator. He wears the hat. <laughs>
1: horrible <laughs> sitting on his lap because he has all the armor on.
0: Well, yeah, and, you know, no one says you're going to live through it either, so...
1: That's true. Christmas he, with the Predator. He
0: does like his spines and skulls and stuff, so...
1: <laughs> only toy you get for Christmas is whatever piece of bone he's like, Man, I don't yeah. like that one so much anymore.
0: Yeah, you can have it.
1: <laughs> Man.
0: Hopefully you're not the bone that he wants. I mean, that's the, true.
1: Yeah, he's a collector of things. Is that, is
0: that like the uh, subtitle or the second line on the book? If Hopefully is, you're not the bone he wants.
1: I don't. I, that leads to a different thing altogether. Uh, oh, I mean that's a. It has a different rating system on it, or else. <laughs> man. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Anyhow, that was what's what's happening. So all the uh, variant covers that were being solicited, they are also being held till uh, whatever whatever month they solicited them in. So I, I would right. guess maybe September, or October. The actual solicits will happen. So. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing that it's moving that far back.
0: Right. So uh, speaking of that, what books are we doing today, Steve?
1: Oh, see, so <laughs> today we're gonna be doing uh Alien number one and uh, from Marvel Comics. Which is then, crazy, by right? the way. And then Carmen number one from Image Comics. <laughs> well that's all the news. We also have something else in this particular episode, which is why we're only doing the two books. Uh we had an interview with uh, Roy McConville, um from over in uh London. He's uh he's the co writer of the book Time and Time Time Before Time that's gonna be coming out from Image. So uh yeah, we did a uh did an interview with him and uh we'll run that after we get past the books uh here at the end of the episode. So the interesting stuff. Time before time is a time travel book, of course. I mentioned it as books to watch maybe the last maybe two episodes ago. Um anyhow yeah, as I think. So yeah, we got an interview with him that we'll run in this episode as well. But before that, we'll go ahead and start with uh, Carmen number one.
0: Just to let you know,
1: there will be spoilers.
0: Is that like, the, where's Carmen San Diego? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego?
1: The cover is red. But is this then, the prequel to that? I don't think so. But that would be interesting if the two connected somehow. <laughs> I'm going to say no, at least for the moment. Um But yeah, this is Carmen number one from from Image Comics, and the cover is red. So I mean, I guess it could. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> uh But the story and art is by uh, Gill March. Gillam March. That's how you say that.
0: Oh, okay. I was, I, you know, I was thinking it was two different names initially looking at the front of it. But you're right; he did all of it in there. Yeah. Or he. I don't know who is the creator. Have you read anything else by him? Or? Uh, well, he
1: did some. Whoever, well, the namesake did some art on Batman um, during the uh, during the Joker War storyline. Oh, okay, nice. So, art wise, I mean, he's been around doing stuff before. Just as a thing, like, I don't, I don't know writer wise if I've ever read anything by him or not. Uh, but yeah, he is uh, responsible for the entire book. Nice. So when the book first opens up, we're, we, it appears to me that we're like in, I don't know, the chaos, chaos cosmos, that was hard to say, because we have like a whole lot of points of blue light that all connect to other points of blue light, and it's like an interconnected web of little points of light, and there's this lightning bolt flying through the middle of all of it. And there's this really cool voiceover that talks about how the world is put together and how things build on top of things. Um, from there, we cut to a box that tells us that it's 20 years ago. Um, and uh, we are outside of a school. We have a little girl getting ready to go to school for the first day of the year. A little girl waiting to go to school. We learn is Catalina, and uh, her mom is just trying to get her to go inside, and she's reluctant because she's waiting for her friend, uh, which is uh, Zisco, Is her friend this other kid?
0: I figured it was Cisco, but spelled. I'm gonna say crazy. you pronounce it however you want to. It,
1: it's spelled as X I S C O. Right. So Cisco, Zisco, e- Either way. So she's waiting for her friend, and of course about the time the bells get ready to ring, the friend shows up, and he's super excited to be there, and he's super excited to see her. And So uh, Cisco's mom takes a picture of them for posterity of going to school for the first day, and uh, off they go.
0: Right. And I think the whole point of that is to establish that they're like childhood friends.
1: Right. right? For sure.
0: But I didn't really get anything else crazy from that. No.
1: All. Like the next page we turn to, it jumps ten years later. And the 10 years later, we have a, a girl in a room who's like laying out clothes, trying to decide what she's gonna wear on a date. She's on a phone call with a guy. And uh, as she's talking, we find out that she's talking to, we won't, we learn later that she's talking to Cisco, but during the conversation, she's giving him guff because he doesn't make enough time for her because he's spending a lot of time with her friend. And so as she's talking on the phone, we learn that she's talking to Cisco and she's upset at Cisco because he doesn't make enough time for her because he's always spending a lot of time with Catalina. And, uh, that of course is driving her nuts. So they kind of are fighting on the phone a little bit, and eventually that leads to a, a the end of a call where he tells her he can't, you know, he can't separate from Catalina. That she's going to have to live with that, and that goes badly because it ends the relationship, basically.
0: See, and I didn't quite get that from that um, whole thing. I mean, I know she said that, but I kind of got caught it more as like empty threats. So then,
1: <laughs> oh sure, as far as the character. We don't see her face at all. Uh, like she is her the entire time. Every scene she's looking away from us, so we don't actually see what her face looks like. So we cut from there to the next page where it tells us it's several years later, and best we can tell, it appears that this is still the same girlfriend Vanessa out with an adult now, Cisco, and uh, he's getting a phone call and uh, it's from Kate or from Cat, the Kata, which is what they call her, and he elects not to answer it. And then directly afterwards, the phone rings for the, uh, Vanessa, the other girl, and it turns out the two, the three of them all have been roommates, and as a thing, like, she's like, oh, every time she calls you and you don't answer, she calls me.
0: Right. Well, and just to be, to be like, fair to it, they don't actually ever tell you it's the same character either as True. the stuff before, but visually it looks like it leads right into the, you know, it's the same character, just older now, but...
1: Right. So she answers the phone, tells her, oh, yeah, I'm just at the grocery store picking up some stuff. I'll be back home pretty soon.
0: Which she's not.
1: Right, yeah. She's sitting at a cafe drinking coffee with Cisco.
0: Right, they have this whole weird meeting where they're talking about, oh, she suspects something. And and I don't know what she suspects because it's like, you know, those two are the two that are in a relationship or whatever. What 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 does she suspect? I guess maybe that's what you'll find out later, but...
1: I assume that it's a matter that has just been hidden between the two of them as a thing.
0: Oh, maybe you think that they're just like let's all be roommates together
1: and right. The two of them are actually in a relationship, whereas
0: maybe that was like Cisco's way of having everything together, probably so he spend time with his girlfriend and with Catalina or whatever. Right.
1: I think that's what the case is: is that the two of them have been hiding their relationship, even though the, the one of them, at least one of them, is a roommate with her. Right. We we cut from the, the the shop to the inside of a bathroom, and we see uh, a a batch of dialogue that's just in the middle of the what appears to be an empty bathroom. When we we don't see any people in it, but the last line in it, it says "code red," and then from there we are joined on this giant staircase by a a woman who's all like blacked out in color except for a skeleton. Like e- either she's wearing a jumpsuit and it's a skeleton print on the jumpsuit, I was or say it
0: almost looks like a Halloween costume. It does, like a skeleton Halloween costume, right?
1: So it's very like a uh, Karate Kid Johnny and the the boys uh, when they were beating up Daniel. It's like that, except it doesn't appear to be a costume, right? So that's pretty weird. The, her uh, face is normal, and like she's got crazy pink, like I don't know, like a crazy pink mushroom style haircut, right? Well, and this character starts going up the stairway and then eventually she comes to a platform where there's an old lady coming out carrying a bag of trash and uh, she talks to the old lady and the old lady talks back to her and she's kind of, I don't know, they, they have a, a uh, brief batch of dialogue that's kind of off-putting and then the uh, old lady looks at her and realizes what she's seeing and you see her kind of looking sad about it and go back inside with her trash, which is weird too.
0: Well, I think... So... Later, you find out there's more to this girl. Oh, yeah, of course. Um I think the lady might have been um, about to commit suicide.
1: You think the lady was? Yeah.
0: Yeah, because she's, like, taking out the trash at this hour. Isn't that a little early? And then the lady kind of looks up at her and is like, oh, yeah, and goes back inside. Like, she goes from being sad to being like...
1: Weirded out. oh no,
0: maybe this is...
1: I kind of wonder if maybe she's old and she's going to die, because she's old.
0: Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's not like a suicide thing. But either way, it had something to do with her dying and and Carmen being like, isn't it a little too early for that? Right. Which is kind of interesting as a character thing when you find out who she is later. Is it,
1: right, it correlates a little bit different afterwards. Right. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so as she turns to go up the stairs, she's like, I'm throwing you to changing your mind. So maybe you're right. Maybe the old lady was planning to go commit suicide. Right. Uh, but then she heads up the stairs, and she's like, have a nice day. And then uh, we see this crazy shot of like what looks like a... Uh, it, I think it's supposed to be a music video is what's, what we're watching. but Right. It's, was, uh,
0: well, if you see on the next page, you see she's watching it on the TV, TV. too. But, but yeah, when you first see it, you're like...
1: What is going on? Mm-hmm. It's like a rapper guy and a girl in a bikini and... There's a a vibe of music that we see in the in one of the boxes, and from there we see a girl who's got a set of headphones on. Yeah, she's sitting on the, on a couch with her he- feet up, and she's watching this music video. And we see another blurb of music. And
0: so, do you think that's music? I think that's a heartbeat.
1: Oh no, it is a heartbeat because it,
0: it flatlines. That's right.
1: I forgot what's happening on the next page. But it is a, it is a heartbeat. But so heart- I,
0: but it is it's laid out like you're supposed to think that that's thing what music. it is. Yeah. yeah,
1: it is heartbeat. Um. She's, anyway, so our girl here in the skeleton suit, or body, says, oh, we're, she's completely out of it. Oh, that's fine. This, this must be the place. And she gets to a door as she walks down the hallway. And, yeah, that's when you see the...
0: And it's kind of funny when she walks down the hall, because she's like, well, I know these are college people. They could at least dust. And she's, like, commenting on all the...
1: Just how the house is not uh, kept, yeah. So then we see another blurb, which is the... Which, this is where you're supposed to realize that it's not music anymore because the line goes from being jumpy to being flat. And, uh, she starts knocking and pounding on the door, and, uh, then she just bursts through it and she's like, oh, let's part, let the party begin. And inside we see a nude red haired girl who, uh, is Caitlin. Or Caitlin? Caitlin?
0: Um, Catalina. Catalina, that's right. So it's interesting. You say redhead, but. She actually almost has the exact same color of hair.
1: Kind of pinkish-red.
0: Right. And I think, well, we'll get into it later, but I think those two characters are tied together. There's <laughs> more to that there than...
1: It's a good possibility. Uh-huh. Um, and she's sitting on the uh, on the throne, the toilet, and there is blood all over the floor and blood coming from her wrist. And uh, our girl looks around. We, we find out this, that this girl is Karma, the, the one with the pink hair and the skeleton body. And she looks around the room and she sees uh, a razor that's been taken apart to have the razor blade out. And she's like, yep, well this is the place. And uh, for a minute she walks around the room like almost tap dancing I think is what's supposed to be going on there.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, she says she's gonna i prepared a dance for you. And it has like a little song thing with it too. Yeah,
1: and the, the song is about it, how oh poor, poor little heart, your poor sad heart and, uh, like, this whole time our girl's just, like, crying and, like, she's got s- snot dripping out of her nose and she's like, what are you, what is going on? And at the very end she finishes her dance and she's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. So Carmen do- does a whole song of dance into the room and, like, this whole time our girl's just sitting there holding her wrist freaked out. Well, we get a look at the the wound on her arm and, uh, out of nowhere Carmen pulls this, like, ribbon, wraps it around and she's like, oh... Whoever did this, yeah, didn't take care, didn't take the care about it, doesn't care about it. So she ties it up in like a bow and makes it look like a, I don't know, like a ribbon wrapping, but it's clearly covering up the slit to drain your wrists of blood and kill right. yourself. And like, she does that and then she does it on the other arm also, so both arms have been cut.
0: And they both have like fancy knots and stuff in them too. Like, oh yeah. Like this is this.
1: Very decorative.
0: Yeah. Carmen is like very uppity. Character, which is hilarious,
1: <laughs> right? Well, then she sits down on the bidet, which is right across from the toilet, and uh, while she's sitting there, she's she's like, "It's a good thing you can talk. My my sign language is a little rusty." And uh, she's like, "How how are you? You look like death." And of course, like when we see what what uh, Carmen sees or Catalina sees, she she says, "She she's so." Catalina says to Carmen you look like death. And we see a shot of Carmen close up and all of a sudden her face is like a skeleton face. Uh, She's like, oh, who, me? And then our girl screams and freaks out because it's like a flash she shows her.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of like the scene in Beetlejuice when they're like, can you be scary? And he's like, yeah, watch this. And turns around and right, he doesn't see what it is, no. but they freak out.
1: <laughs> so of course that leaves her screaming and she freaks out trying to jump off the, off the commode and Carmen just laughs.
0: Yeah, I never get tired of that joke.
1: Which is yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. Well, then she's like, uh, basically tells her you should you shouldn't you should see your face because you don't mind, do you? If I use the toilet, and she's like, uh, no, I guess not. And so she gets off it, and then Carmen sits down on the toilet, and of course it's you know she 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 basically farts. It's gross, <laughs> and she's like, oh well, it's about time for us to go. Um With, uh, with you and me, it's about time for us to leave, and she extends her hand, and they basically, she basically takes her hand, she's like, let me see what what your life was like. And so she holds out her hand, and, uh, Catalina grabs her hand, and we see all these flashes of, of Catalina's life. So Carmen's basically viewing the entire life of Caitlin, like, life before, life after death kind of style. So we get all these crazy little boxes of her as a girl, and then her meeting, um, Cisco, and then her and Cisco growing up, and then Cisco being brave, and, all this stuff that, like, shows that over time, the two of them just basically were together forever.
0: Right. Ending with her with taking the razors out of the razor blade.
1: Right. Which is, uh, I mean, still super crazy. Uh, but we cut back from there to the, uh, to the next, the next panel where we rejoin Caitlin, or Caitlyn. She tells, tells Carmen what her name is. She's like, well, my name is, is Caitlin. People call me Kata. Catalina. Catalina, excuse me. Catalina. People call me Cata, With a C, like, Cata. Which <laughs> is funny, because it's, it's just silly. I
0: totally read that wrong the first time, too. I was like, C is in cat. And I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> right. But yeah, if it's cat, Cata.
0: So she has, like, a, kind of a sense of humor, too. It was white.
1: Like, a little bit. It's dry, but um, yeah, it's there. And, she, and so Carmen's like, well, let's go for a walk. Some fresh air will do you good. She says, if you say so. I don't know what I, no one I could possibly... And she opens up like this. She bends down beneath the sink to pull out some towels and realizes she can't actually touch anything. And she's like, well, I can't grab the towels. Like, what am, what am I doing? So, I mean, of course, she's still naked. And uh, she's like, oh, well, hang on. I was going to clean up the blood on the floor. And so Carmen's like, oh, don't worry. You're, you're not going to need to do anything with that. Let me fix part of this for you. And she's like, how'd you get in here? Like, I can't open the door either. Well, and Carmen shows her the is still closed. And then we get a little more and she, she explanation. Tells
0: her, yeah, she tells her she's in a parallel plane of existence in that in that, she just opened the door so that it would be less of a shock, but that, you know, she didn't actually open the door. She just went right through it. <laughs> right.
1: And we get a shot where we see her realize that her body's in the bath and that uh, the version of her that's walking around is not, of course, the real version. And in the bath, though, I mean, she's... In a bath of full blood.
0: Right, and I don't think she realizes it, but you it's as the reader realize it, yeah.
1: So she opens the door to lead her out and, uh, tells her basically she's not, explains to her how she's not gonna need clothes. And, uh, as they walk, they walk through the room, they look at the roommate, we get a flash of all the memories from the roommate, and this is where we see that the three of them were living together, and of course that made Ketelin sad because obviously she loves Cisco, and Cisco doesn't love her that way. So, uh, Eventually, they get out into the foyer where the old lady was originally, and they start coming down the stairs, and she freaks out. She's like, oh, I don't want that lady to see me naked. And she's like, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, but they get down all the way outside, and uh, we follow the old woman to the trash can, basically. And then uh, the two of them poke their head out the door, and we see an old man walking the groceries. And of course, she's still freaked out because she's naked, and she doesn't even see her, but she realizes that no one can see her.
0: Really quick, hmm? I want to skip back to that, where she walks past the roommate. Because Carmen touches the roommate's headphones or whatever. That's how rest, we see the flashes, it yeah. it's the flashback. Well, in the flashback, you can see that it's the same.
1: Same girl who's uh-huh. the long hair at the beginning. Uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, yeah. Then it tells us that they've been together for a very long time, and they've been friends for a long time. Uh-huh. So as they're walking through the alleyway now with, I mean, she's still... Kata is still walking, like, covering herself up, because, you know, she's afraid that people can see her, and it's the way, what you do when you're, you know... Right in that state of being, yeah, and when, uh, when you walk
0: naked down the alley, right, you, you
1: <laughs> try to be, try to be, uh, you try to be cautious. Uh, but Carmen, she's got herself a, pulls out a cell phone and she's like, "Oh, we should take some pictures. This is a great place for tourism." And so, like as they're going down, she's like, "She." At one point, they get into the stream of other people walking, and she tells her, "Oh, stop, move." He he wasn't to touched you, and this dude walks through the middle of him. And, she, and of course, is like, why? Why can't he touch me? And we see that the d- old man's picking his nose. Ace. Picks his picks his nose and smears it on the wall. She's like, well, that's the last thing you want stuck on you. And you see the old man wipe his nose on the wall, which is super gross also. And then of course, Carmen laughs about it. She's like, well, the last thing you want is a burger wiped on you, right? <laughs> right. Because she thinks she's hilarious, obviously.
0: Well, then she says something after that, and she... Because uh, Catalina's like, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm. Why can't I? Why can't he touch me? And Carmen goes, oh, because if he touches you, you'll see all of his darkest secrets, and and you can't handle that or something.
1: You're so new to being in the afterlife that if you get all of his memories, it'd be the darkest, worst things he's ever done, ever seen, and ever been, and it'll consume you.
0: Right, and then she just says, "Oh, I'm just kidding." Right, but I kind of wonder. If-
1: I think you know. maybe it's more true because after we see her do it twice, uh-huh. it makes me wonder if anybody in afterlife can do that. Right. And maybe that's, maybe that is the actual truth and she didn't want her doing it because she wasn't ready for it. Right. Uh, but the two of them happen around a little bit more and we get a lot more explanation of what's going on and like, uh, some more overview of the world. And as they're, as they're walking, like we're, we get kind of a more view of what, how Kata was in life too. And some, it's a lot of interpersonal character development stuff. Um, anyway, eventually, as this is all going on, of course, the whole time, Carmen's just dancing around all crazy, like, doing backflips off trees, running up the side of trees. Eventually, she... And as he's explaining this stuff to her. She explains to her, well, why don't you try to fly? And she's like, what do you mean? She's like, well, in this plane of existence, the regular rules don't apply to you anymore.
0: Yeah, you can do anything. You
1: can do anything. And it's it's funny, because there's some movie references, and she's like, didn't you see Raiders of the Lost Ark, or... With, for the trial of faith, the whole idea of Harrison Ford walking across the bridge you couldn't see. Right. She's like, um, I saw Superman and Batman.
0: And she's like, Batman can't fly,
1: <laughs> which is hilarious. <laughs> so funny. So eventually, she basically convinces her to try to fly, and like, she starts doing it. I'm um, granted she's not doing it well.
0: But she's like, well, I don't know if I can take off, but I can, I can swim through the air. Right. Because I've done that in my dreams.
1: She's supposed to be a swimmer, swimmer in, in her dreams. Yeah. yeah. So eventually she starts basically, she's, she, it's, it's flying, but she's using the swimming motions to move through the air. Right. And like, once she gets up in the air, she's like, come, kind of, kind of likes what she's doing. Cause like, it's crazy, right?
0: Right. You're flying, yeah.
1: And she basically decides she's gonna take off to see some other stuff. And, uh, at that point, she basically flies away from Carmen. And that's kind of where the first issue ends with her, like, leaving off to, I guess, see things. And,
0: and at the end of it, um, Carmen says, "You don't know how much time you have. I'm gonna go take care of some other stuff. Have fun while you can, basically."
1: Yeah, she's like, "Enjoy this while you can, while you can." So I have to go take care of another problem. Is where the last line of dialogue she says. So it makes you wonder what the last, what the other problem really is. Uh-huh. And if the truth is they're both the same person, which I guess is a possibility, because they look very similar. Like their freckles and everything. Like the whole steeze right. is very similar. It does beg the question whether that's something to do with her, or maybe if she really is Grim Reaper, then maybe there's another body she has to go take care of?
0: Well, what I'm wondering is, I think the Grim Reaper thing's right on. Like, when she's like, are you going to tell me if you're death or not? And she never answers her. Right. I think that it's like death, but maybe she like takes the form of whoever she's.
1: Shepherding, Right. Sure, I could see that. Why the head would be a thing that looks the same and nothing else Everything is Everything
0: like, else is skeleton. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's a good possibility. Um, I have seen a little bit of the preview of issue 2 where we see another one of these characters that's like Carmen, except the blue hair. I don't remember if the face of her and the person she's with is the same or not, though. Huh. That's a good question. I, I only went through the preview for, like... I did like three weeks ago, and my brain didn't doesn't remember what it look what the other character looked like.
0: Well, I mean, you probably weren't on that mindset either. When no, you I
1: wasn't. That. I really wasn't. Um, but yeah, as far as the thing, I mean, art's really great in the book. Uh, March is an awesome artist. Does a lot of uh, European art too, like uh-huh. style wise. And you can I mean, you can see that in the style of art in the book, right? Um, as far as like a score, I mean, I give it a, I give the four. I mean, the story's interesting. The art's really great. The humor's pretty funny. I mean, the stuff with the the Batman stuff I thought was hilarious. Right. Of course, I'm a Batman. person, right. So that would explain why I thought that was funny. Um Maybe maybe three and a half. I give it three and a half. That's my score. Um, right. Interested to see like other. Than, uh, admittedly, I have read issue two's preview. Issue two I liked as well. Nice. Interested to see how much farther it goes as far as a story. So there's pieces that I already know that are pieces. Right. Anyway, I'm gonna stop with that nonsense. <laughs> Um, but yeah, three and a half, I thought it was pretty good. The art's really great. Uh, it's an interesting take on uh, life after death. Right. Uh, Mr. Ross, what do you know about the, uh, Carmen?
0: So I, I would give it a three and a half too. Um, it's definitely a book I would not pick up and read on my own, just picking it up, but it managed to keep my interest. Uh, the art is really good. The story's interesting. Um, she, Catalina makes a comment in it and she's like, Oh, it's like her Christmas story. Or like a Christmas carol, like the Muppets one that I like to watch every year at Christmas. And so I'm curious if it really is or if it's going to turn into something else entirely in the end. But that's definitely how the first issue seems. Um, for, like I said, for being, uh, being a book that normally I would not just go for, it it definitely hooked me. I'm interested in it and interested to see what happens in it. I'd give it a three and a half, two, probably.
1: Cool. Right on, man. Uh, but yeah, the cover is pretty awesome too, actually. The whole red, red it out with the character in the middle, silhouette style. Mm. It's pretty cool. But yeah, um, I think issue two is out the beginning of, no, the end of this, end of April. Nice. So for the world, time. Not too so far. Yeah. yeah. Not too far away. Uh, we'll see. From there, we want to move into some Alien.
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: All right, issue one is, uh, written by, uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson, and the art on it is Salvador Laroca.
0: Really quick, before we get into the book, I, and I don't think they really explain it very well in this book, but I guess this is supposed to be the direct sequel to Aliens, so 3 and 4 and all the other ones aren't necessarily part of this.
1: So this guy follows movie 1 and movie 2? Yeah. that's okay. That's,
0: if I remember right, what I read before reading this book, mm-hmm. but...
1: I kind of wondered if it went between movie one and movie two, like it went between them.
0: Well, it talks about in the write-up in there. It says this year, and it was the Nostromo mission. And then it talks about the space colony that fell a couple years later. And then it um, goes to what they're
1: so it has to be after two because of the the colony they're talking about is the one with Newt, right? Interesting, okay. So it is after two.
0: They just don't explain it very... I mean, I guess if you're really into your alien stuff and you read that, you'd be like, oh yeah, that was one and two right there, and this takes place afterwards. But in the book itself, that doesn't say right. continuity-wise where it takes place. So.
1: Gotcha, catches you have to know your aliens to know that. Right. That makes sense, I guess. <laughs> um, so when the book first opens up, we're, we are in a, a black panel that's just colored. Uh, yeah, it's black with some white letters and words in it. Uh, it talks about how dreams work and how w- there's dreams you dream so dark that you forget that light exists. And, uh, as it starts to get clearer, we have a, it's more in depth the way it's written than what I just said.
0: <laughs> I really wanted you to end it right there. <laughs> the, the, in this book, there's panels with words in it. <laughs> the end. Uh,
1: I mean, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good, uh, it's not, I don't think it's supposed to be a, Maybe it is a moder- moderator. No, what do you call Narrator? it? Narrator.
0: Narrator. Well, it's like it's the guy giving his dream, like telling. Um,
1: oh, that's right. When he's talking to the doctor. Right. So this is the. Eventually, we see who it is. Okay, that's right. It's an. It's narration from a person. Right. Well, the thing is crazy is when it first opens up, like it's all dark, and then it gets on less blurry, less blurry, less blurry, till eventually you realize we're inside of a cryopod, looking out the window from being inside. And what's written on the front of it, so people outside can read it, is, uh, alien inside. Right. Which tells you you're in a bad situation.
0: Right. Isn't that kind of like, a Walking Dead? Like, when he goes out of the hospital or whatever, and it's... Well, uh, one of the
1: first rooms he winds up coming across when he's, when, when Rick first wakes up and crawls out of his bed and crawls into the hallway, like he's walking around for a while and eventually he finds a set of doors that are... That are jarred and chained. Uh huh. And on the door it's written dead inside. Right. And he's like, that's crazy. And then eventually hands kind of come through it all crazy.
0: Right. I was wondering if that's. Because I don't ever remember there being something in Alien where they wrote Alien on no, anything. This is a very new So I thing. thought that, that was probably a reference. Oh, like I an see what you mean. Easter egg type thing to Walking Dead almost. I mean, it could be. It, it, very similar. In my head, I connected those two things. In, sure. But. I also don't know Walking Dead at all other than that, and so...
1: Right. As a thing, I mean, it could be. It's pretty. It's a pretty crazy thing to see, because, I right. mean, you know what that means, right? I mean, it's bad news a- as a thing in general. Um, but, yeah, so then we cut for the next page, and we basically see a sea of aliens with, like, an alien hybrid queen thing in the middle of it that looks right. very much more like a, just like a, like a female human than like, what we normally get is a queen. Right. And uh, the whole time we get this.
0: M- it's kind of like if Geiger had made, like, a human.
1: <laughs> well, one of his books actually has this image as a cover. Oh, really? Of her face. Huh. So that's what it's drawn off of. But when you say alien queen, usually people think of the giant sack birthing thing. Right. This is not that.
0: Do they actually say she's a queen in the. It doesn't. Oh, she says a goddess. A Goddess. A goddess. So like, oh, she does say it does say a queen, but it's more like he's not being like literally this right. is a queen. It's well, just
1: a figurative figurehead for what he, what he thinks he's seeing
0: right. and so in his in his like write up where he's like explaining what he's seeing and there's those like you know figurative stuff of what he's talking about, what I thought was interesting is how he describes her basically like she's dead like there's no life in her at all. And I never really thought of explaining the aliens like that, but it's a pretty good,
1: yeah, you know, good explanation. they're dark. There's no... Yeah. Monsters. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, from that scene of crazy, we cut to a man sitting in a room, basically talking to a shrink, and uh, he says, I know that part of me wants to be found. Um... And we turn to find out that what we've got going on here is he's, uh, it's the year 20, 2200. It's January. And we're, uh, at the development, the research and development, research and development station. God, that was hard to say. And, uh, as it turns out, the person that's interviewing this man or is shrinking him is one of the bishop unif- units uh-huh. from movie two and then movie three. and Right. Well, a couple of other... It's Lance Hendrickson's who it is. Right, right. That's the, that's the actor. It
0: took me a minute. I read it. I was like, is that just supposed to look like him? But later in it, they actually say, you were like my bishop or whatever. So, you know, it definitely is.
1: Well, yeah, and as we're talking about things with him, he's like, there's something that Sheer said to me whenever this was happening. And then we flashed to a scene of a dude basically being pulled apart by aliens, and he's like, I took leave days. And then I cut back to Lance Henderson, And he's like, What do you really, what do you remember? What do you, what do you remember what hand? Do you remember what he meant by that? So it's like he's recounting something that happened with these aliens to him and a bunch of other guys to Bishop the robot, this, uh, yeah, the Bishop
0: shrink one. And it, it really, like, you don't know what's going on.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, it's all like flashes of crazy to.
0: Right. So it's like he's getting his memories back slowly, basically.
1: That's what it seems like. Uh, but they end their session and Bishop basically tells him that he'll be uploading his transcripts and his thoughts from their interviews to one of the robots back on Earth. So we'll be able to continue doing whatever. It'll just be a different android. And, uh, General's like, oh, I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be the end of this. He's like, oh, no, no. He's right. More back on Earth.
0: So, and I guess I didn't really think this through until we were just talking about it just now, but he's going back to Earth. Right. That's a crazy thing all on its own.
1: Right. So, the station, wherever he's been, he's he's hit the point where he's uh, promoted to the point that he can go home. Mm. And uh, he's basically retiring, and they're getting ready to have this big send off party for him, which the next set of pages is him at the send off, getting like, given awards and. A whole bunch of speeches for the guy, and everyone clapping, and, oh, thanks for all the hard work you did, and all the work you did here got the station running, and just all kind of praise and accolades for a guy who's retiring right? to go back home to Earth. And uh, one of the only things that they sort of mention about him being excited about is to see his son. Well, eventually the party ends, and we see him, for the most part, put onto a spaceship. I mean, we cut between the two things, so it's not like a straight visual of it, but that's what we find out is happening. And on the ship home, we end up seeing another flash that root, the inside of that container where it said alien inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, we actually open to the page credits. So it's like a movie where you open up and you get the title partway into it. Um, and the credits page, like it explains that Whalen Enterprises or Whalen Whalen Utani uh, is the company that started in 2021 twenty twenty one twenty one twenty two. And uh, they're still in charge of things and hunting xenomorphs. And
0: right, this is the page I was talking about earlier, where it right. explains basically the first two movies happened. Right, but it doesn't say it that way. So
1: <laughs> no, yeah, it's 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 written in a way that you, as you read it, if you know what they are, then you know what they're talking about. Right. Um. But we cut from there to Earth, uh, you, the United Americas, and it's February now, and we see a car, and we got two people inside the car talking, and it's a boyfriend and girlfriend type, and they're planning to do something. And the, uh, the two of them, of course, they kiss, and she's like, Are you sure you can handle this? She's like, Oh, yeah, I can handle it. I can, it'll be fine. So we find out pretty quickly that this, the fellow in the seat, in the car with the girl, is, uh, Danny, who is our general, who's Gabe, or Gabriel. It's his son. So this is the meeting that, you know, he was excited to get back to Earth for. And, uh, Danny was getting out of the car, and he goes through the gate up to the front door, and eventually, the you know, he gets to the door, and his father opens it, and he's like, Danny, it's like, how you doing, Dad? And uh, he invites him inside, and the two of them sort of start talking. And we see this big, nice house. It's 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 empty of like personal effect, or people, or people. So it's just two of them. And uh, he's like, Ah, you want you want a beer, son? He's like, Um, yeah, I guess so, and or you know whatever. And so the two of them are talking. Like, Dad's trying to get back in the good graces of Danny, and Danny, of course, is still so angry at his father for not being around. And it turns out there's another brother, uh, Lucas or Luca. Uh-huh, Lucas. Who, uh, apparently was the favorite of the two sons, according to Danny. And something has happened to Lucas, and he is no longer around. Best we can tell, I, I want to say that, we, that he's dead, something's happened to him and died.
0: Right, and, and Danny blames it on his dad. Right. It sounds like, so.
1: So their conversation doesn't necessarily go well. Um, and eventually dad has to, dad and, and Danny kind of, they don't really argue, argue, but he's like, yeah, I gotta go. I can't, you know, I can't be at this. And so we, Danny leaves, and, uh, we see Gabe kind of go through the house, and we see a batch of pictures, and it's a picture of his war buddies. And it looks very like, I don't know, like, uh, like, uh, the Marines type stuff from movie two. Oh, it
0: definitely is. A, and I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be someone that we knew already or not. I, I, I don't know. I kind of don't think it is, but it kind of looks like you should. It's once again, it's like the Star Wars Force Awakens.
1: Right. Idea of, you know, they were supposed to know. We'll show guy. someone
0: that you think you're supposed to know, but it's not really. I mean, because Bishop's clearly there, but you know, Bishop's a model of the android dude. Right. So. so it can
1: be a totally different one and have the same face. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he looks at the picture on the wall, and uh, they see we see flashes of what look to be like alien. I don't know tails or whatever. And uh, there's a voiceover flashback from a guy. who was like, "Get it off me! Get it off!" And we see a clear picture of everyone in the, of every one of the other Marines, and it's a whole group of people. And like, they do look sort of similar to movie two characters, but they're not the movie two characters. Right. Cause like, we have one, one the match the Butch lady, we have one the match the, uh, the African American general, and like, of course, Bishop's there, and he looks the same because it's the same Bishop. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't think these are actually those guys, but it's very similar.
0: It's similar. I, I saw it and I was like I have to watch that movie again cuz I can't tell if that's supposed to be the same people or not but I think we would have seen like uh, Sigourney Weaver with them um, Probably that would have sealed the deal if it was, it was yeah. if it
1: was the same people Ripley would have been there or at least in the background of the picture
0: uh-huh. because like
1: there's not anybody that matches her whatsoever Right um but yeah th- there another voiceover takes over for a second and it's like what did you find there Gabe or Gabriel and we see a flash again of the cryo thing that says alien inside and we see clearly alien teeth with an alien mouth inside of it and it's like what would you see there in the dark and um, we cut back from there to the house and he looks at his beer and he looks at the empty room and he's like Danny? And his son comes walking out of another room and this is where they're like get into like full on kind of argument
0: Right well he was like I thought you were going to the bathroom and he's like oh, I, I thought I saw a family photo like he's clearly making up some
1: Right sneaking around the house being weird
0: Uh huh but then he flips it on his dad immediately right. and turns it into a. Full on you were there for me and yeah. blah blah yeah.
1: So everything goes absolutely crazy at that point. With the two of them yelling at each other, and then eventually that leads to him him leaving. He's like, "All you care about is the money. You don't care about anything else. You care about money. That's all. Like that's all you matters, I guess." And Danny leaves, and of course that leaves Gabriel feeling bad about his son leaving because he's like, "I should have told him. I don't. You know." <sighs> And, and he gets outside. Danny does. He goes back over to the car and gets inside. And she, the girl in the car, is like, "Did you get it?" And he's like, "I got, I got it." And we see this like,
0: it looks to me like a hotel key card.
1: What do you call when you use a card to get into a facility, uh, like an like entrance a, card or like something? A key card. Yeah, yeah. A key card. And so the two of them drive off with it. And uh, as far as like a thing, whatever he was there for, that's all he was there to do is steal that card from his dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, he's got the Wayland logo on it. And we. We already know because of the way the party ended that he was pretty important in the space station situation. From there we cut to a totally dark scene, and uh, we have a little blurb that tells us then. And now uh, we hear, Gabe, Gabe, wake up! And we see that there's a whole bunch of dudes wrapped up in basically all this like stuff that aliens build alien to make webbing. their walls. Yeah. yeah, alien webbing. There's a batch of face huggers. One dude with a facehugger on him. He's like, Gabe, I, I'm, I'm not supposed to be here. And we see that this is the dude that earlier told him he took leave. And we find out that this guy, he had taken some vacation because somebody else got sick. He got forced to come on this mission instead. And we have all these facehuggers crawling around, which is just absolutely crazy. So the dude's freaking out because like, he was supposed to be on vacation. He's not supposed to be here. And now he's entangled in all this goo and there's facehuggers crawling all over the place. And, uh, it's crazy, because it's only him and Gabe that appear not to have things on their face, because nobody else is talking.
0: Right, well, and you see they're hungover eggs. So, right, you
1: know. so they, for the eggs to open, and, uh, and we actually have that start to happen um, as the two of them are talking, and uh, then we get a nice close-up of some alien teeth and mouth, as both of them freak out, and uh, the other dude screams, I took leave days, and we see the alien face and it kind of hisses, and... It goes. It goes from there. It cuts to totally different scene. Is
0: so something kind of interesting in that scene? Yeah, is it keeps like flashing to pictures of feet too in the middle of it. Right. They don't look like normal like alien feet. They look like hooves. Right. And so that tied into with a scene we saw. Well, we'll we'll see it later. There's something else, and it makes me wonder if they're doing the aliens like the Kenner action figure aliens in this comic,
1: just the way they're like, shaped, the different
0: animals and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I can see that. I guess because you're right; they're not the normal like scaly looking thing They're like hooks, right? And it's
0: walking on all fours too. It's right,
1: fun. like the dog did. Uh huh. So from there, the next scene we jump in. We're in an, another office with like a couch for shrinking, and we have a bishop sitting behind the desk talking to him. Walking him through what he saw and what he remembers, and this whole time the bishop is trying it's basically interviewing him, trying to extract information of what happened to them when they were up on the uh, in this area with all these aliens and what he remembers and what he doesn't remember, and like it's it's pretty crazy because I mean the whole android thing. The only thing really different between this one, the bishop from the movie, and the one we had on the other off on the space station, is their shirts.
0: Right. But he makes a comment. Oh, you're easier going than the other one was. He's like, yeah, here on Earth, it's not as uptight or something, you know. Right.
1: Which tells you that the androids don't act exactly the same regardless. Right. So he's he's a little more. Because the other one's very businessy, and this one's very, like, I guess, business casual. Like trying
0: to be your friend almost. Right. Like a yeah.
1: different style of shrinking. Well, from there, we cut to a scene of a space station, and we have a, a dude and a lady sitting inside of a room with a bunch of monitors. The guy's got a, uh, and a toy for his cat. Yeah. And he's basically getting the cat to chase the feather, is what's happening. And uh, he's acting like he's just so bored and like he's singing a little song to himself. And the lady's like, Oh, come on, man. We gotta get past this shift. Once the shift's over, she's just like giving him guff for being, I don't know, lazy, I guess. And uh, the cat's just sitting in the middle. They, the two of them have a conversation or whatever. You
0: find out she's about to leave. She's about done with her time. Her here. time on the station um, is about over.
1: And he's like, you don't understand. I want to be here forever. And, uh, like, as she's monitoring the, 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 screens, like, everything seems to be pretty normal. And, uh, then we have a door open behind them and in walks, well, the front of a gun. That's what we see first.
0: Right. And he, and he's like, it's not a shuttle. It's not, it's a delivery or something. It's-
1: right. Well, the ship they saw earlier landing up, uh, they, they assumed at first it was just a, there was a, sh- a regular shuttle, but he's like, yeah, nah, no, it's not that. This is a batch of people delivering. So, like, we see the ship land, and that's what we first get in, see out in space mm-hmm. before we get the two of them. So they're basically working the entry for the station, is right. what they're doing.
0: They, like, security guard type of job, basically. Right.
1: But neither of them dressed. I mean, I don't know, they're just, just, like, army people without any weapons. Right. Um, but, yeah, so the very next panel, after we see the front of the gun, which is a full page turn, so there's, like, a commercial page uh basically we see that gun go off directly in the lady's face mm-hmm. and uh there's a you know a lot of her head goes with it <laughs> yeah it's pretty uh yeah it's pretty crazy it's
0: crazy that like this is the super violent part in the alien book it's, right
1: is the people shooting other people
0: uh,
1: uh, well they, so they shoot her and basically blow off her face and head and then uh they turn on the guy and they shoot the guy and then we finally see who it is that is doing the shooting and it turns out to be Danny the girl from the car and, like, three other people dressed in, like, hoods and black leather jackets, and they're all breaking in. And the girl takes uh, the br- a bracelet off of the, uh, the girl she just shot, and she's like, Oh, I got her band. This is how we're going to get around the station. And so, like, they go from there to running down the hallway trying to get to a particular lab. What they believe inside the lab is not exactly what they're going to wind up finding.
0: Right, don't they, they think it's like a data server or, or they something? They
1: do. They think that this is going to give us all the answers we wanted, everything criminal Yutani's been doing, and we're going to get all the information, and the server lab's guard is so heavy because it's it's got all the bad data on them. So what they're trying to find, what they think they're going to find, is entirely different things. Because once they get inside the, the uh, room they're trying to open, the lab, we see a whole bunch of different like animal stuff, things connected to alien things.
0: Right. This is what made me think part of why we might be getting like the action earths. figures and stuff. Right. Because they're all clearly like hybrid aliens with another animal of some sort.
1: Right. All in like stasis, like like liquid jars. Think like Luke getting healed in Empire.
0: Right. Like like specimen. Yeah, specimen things, tanks.
1: Yeah. And they're all like, what is this stuff? And they start looking at all of it. And so we get some close-ups of some crazy-looking ones. And one looks like it's a monkey mixed with one. And it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and while they're in there, they're like, well, what is this alpha stuff? Like, what is, what is this?
0: Right, there's another door. There's another
1: door at the end. And so you come to the other door at the end, the other door's got a key code number and then underneath it it says alpha. And she's like, there's no to What What the hell is this? Like, we, we gotta get inside this room. And so she starts banging on the door trying to open it with her with her uh, wrist bracelet. And of course, she can't get the door to open. But this bracelet she took from the security lady should open all the doors. And it does not open this one, right? And then all of a sudden, we find that there's a couple of scientists in this lab—a um, lady and a man. They're both like, "You really don't want to open that door. Uh, whatever you're here for, I mean, go ahead and get it, I guess. But you really don't want that door open,
0: right?" They're like, "We'll help you. Just don't kill us, right?" But the, well, the one guy is.
1: The so one guy says that. Uh-huh. The lady's not necessarily about it. Um, it doesn't really matter because they get dead anyway,
0: right? So none of us can leave.
1: At this point, you've caused so much problem. Like none of us are going to be able to leave now. Uh, and, uh, she's like, what do you mean by that? And she bang, basically blasts her. Um, from there, an alarm goes off. And, uh, the alarm leads to other breaking of, like, glass. And then, uh, from there, we see something rush out. And it turns out, of course, it's a facehugger. And it jumps at Danny, and Danny manages to move, and one of them gets on the other scientist guy, the one that wasn't shot. And, uh, the, our last scene really is Danny facing down one, jumping directly at him. A face sucker. Mm-hmm. So the thing that broke out of the glass was a face Several uh, face Several, like multiple ones. And uh, that's why the, the scientist lady said that none of them could leave, because they were uh, most likely going to get dead. Right. Um, so anyway, they, they, we while well, that's going on, the whole opening monologue that was going on the, about how blackness and how sometimes blackness is so black you forget about light's existence... That starts playing in the background during all these pages where we see the facehuggers. Right. So it's the same, like, interview that was going on at the very beginning.
0: Well, in that very last panel, you show the facehugger going at him, and then you see all black. The very last panel is...
1: Completely black, yeah. Down. So I can't imagine it went well for Danny. Right. I mean, maybe maybe he got lucky? Um, the last batch of dialogue on the bottom says the return to Epsilon Station. So, uh... It... And we know from the next cover that it looks like dads basically have to go try to clean up what Danny's doing. Right. Something else we kind of went over fairly quickly. The whole reason the father retired is because he's dying. That's why he was coming back to Earth.
0: Oh, did he say that? He does.
1: He says he And he feels bad for not telling Danny. That's part of his dialogue after Danny's gone. He's like, I can't believe you were supposed to say something to him because things went so badly and the yelling match happened. He's like, well, I guess next time maybe.
0: Does he ever actually say he was dying?
1: I think, from what I remember, yes.
0: Because, so this is what I caught when we were just looking at it just now that I didn't catch earlier. The nuts part about this is that Gabriel survived getting a facehugger on him. And is back on Earth after being attacked by a facehugger.
1: We don't know if he got hooked up though. I mean, where he was at, there's no way it could up, right?
0: Oh, we do. That's the darkness thing. That's what they were. Explaining. Oh, okay, yeah. That's so it went dark, and then so somehow
1: the- he managed to live through it.
0: Right. But well, now he's back on Earth. What is going on? And then we have all these hybrids, and we saw the crazy alien lady hybrid too. Right.
1: Well, we saw that in his like vision or nightmare or whatever. Uh. Uh-huh. That's a good question. I guess I didn't realize that what we're seeing when we see that is his vision from surviving from it. That's crazy.
0: So I'm thinking, well, my prediction, I guess, for this, they're trying to set loose their Zetomors on Earth. They're, they sent this guy back to Earth after
1: he... To infect Earth. Right. That's a good possibility. I mean, there has been talk of an alien's show at some point, and the show is supposed to take place on Earth, which just sounded like the craziest thing ever. Mm-hmm. But with the story from this book, if that's what they're trying to do in the first place, then maybe he's got a ticking time in him because he's dying from the alien. Right. And it's only a matter of time before it's crazy, yeah. slug things on his chest crazy. Yep. Um, interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way, but yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. Um, Ross, what do you know about, uh, score-wise, what do you know about that book?
0: Um, I'd, you know, I'd probably give this one a three and a half, too. Kind of like the opposite end of the spectrum for, um, Carmen, where Alien is definitely like right up my books I would get. And it was an awful lot of like exposition, and I didn't even catch a lot of the stuff until reading it two or three times through it. But it is a cool story, and the art's pretty good, and I'm excited to see where it's gonna go, for sure. So yeah, three
1: and a half. All right. Um, yeah, I give it a three. I mean, art, like I said, like you said, the art is good. The story is interesting, and I like that whole, the whole breakdown from the beginning and the end where he's talking about darkness and how you view darkness, and like the absence of darkness, like that whole thing. I think is really cool. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of shrink talking that goes on, and it's not. Like bad dialogue or anything, it makes perfect sense for like a show. And as a book, it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the most crazy in the book gets is when we have the people fighting the other people. Now, I imagine once we get to the next batch of stuff that it'll be a lot more alien crazy.
0: Right. Well, and it shows you just how far they're willing to go on that front, too. Right. You know, you never really considered it being a Marvel book while I was reading it.
1: Oh, no. And, yeah, not at all. You
0: know, most Marvel, when
1: have a particular tone. We wouldn't right. see... We wouldn't necessarily see the gun in the face and the explosion of the... Yeah, it's pretty... It's, it's pretty violent with that part. Yeah. Which is fantastic. But generally, yeah, you're right. We... I, I At least the, from the first issue, the pacing of the book isn't nerfed for the sake of it being a Marvel release. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that bodes well. Right. I'm excited to get to more aliens because that's what I like better.
0: Right. Um, if, especially if there's the crazy hybrids I want to see...
1: Yeah, that's an interesting thing, too. Like, exactly how far did all these crazy things in the vats go? Because, like, half of them, you can't even tell what they're supposed to be. Right. So, like, if that's just a mixture of tons of animals, that bodes uh, really cool or interesting. Uh-huh. Because it depends on how you feel about dog alien. Some people hated it, so... Sorry.
0: I'm just saying, I'm a really cool snake alien, cobra alien action figure at home. That that's true. be awesome to see and.
1: In the Marvel, yeah, it's a good possibility. <laughs> I mean, like you were talking about those hoof feet. That, that's right, because those figures have that different foot for the animal oh, yeah. types. Uh-huh. And That's exactly what it looks like. So that's also crazy. Yeah, score wise, yeah, I give it a three. Nice. Um, I do like the covers. There's a ton, there's there's a lot of covers actually. Uh, the Gleason cover is great. There's David Finch cover that's awesome. Um, as far as like style is concerned, it's it's got a really cool feel to it. So. I mean, I'm excited to see what the next issue does, just to see what happens. Right? So, yeah, we'll see. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see an aliens predator run in, considering now that they pushed back predator the way they did, but I think it'd be weird if we never did.
0: Oh, I bet you will see it eventually. Right? Yeah, with them all being under the same umbrella again and everything. Yeah, positive.
1: So that I think that bodes well. Crazy nonsense, right? Um, as far as like as far as stuff is concerned, I guess it's all we have from books. Uh review wise, uh, I do want to give a shout out to a couple of books that we were gonna review whenever the other episode that me and Forty Five did did not go well. Uh, recording wise. Uh Teen Titans Academy number one came out. It's fantastic. Score wise, I want to say I think if I remember we both gave it a three.
0: Nice. Uh it's
1: it's cool, it's it's pretty good.
0: I flipped through it and it
1: looks really good. Right. Uh, one of the other books we we're gonna do was uh The Big Quest, which is a book from uh Aftershock Comics. It's a sci-fi fantasy adventure. Uh, short pitch for the book is that there's been a bridge in reality between Earth and the fantasy realm, and we got a bad guy who's selling weapons from the fantasy world to the Earth world in exchange for guns that can be used to kill magical things in his own world.
0: That's crazy.
1: It's it, the first issue is pretty good. Um, that's a short explanation of it, but it it was pretty cool. It's a five-part miniseries. Uh, if you like Aftershock stuff at all, it's really cool to check out. Tim Seeley's dude writing it. He's awesome. Um, and then Star Wars, uh, High Republic issue one, we talked about too. Again, this is all an episode that was lost because of record material. Recorder malfunction, that's the...
0: Right. Yeah. Darn it.
1: Um, but yeah, score wise, I want to say it landed around a... Th- I don't know. I can't remember what the score was on that one. I, my score for it was, was three and a mm-hmm. half. Cause I like Tim Seeley a lot. Right. Um in High Republic at this point it's in four prints and that should speak for itself, so if you like Star Wars stuff.
0: I can tell you I read issue three. Right. I, I thought it was pretty good.
1: It, issue three I figured actually I'm gonna say actually picks up better. Does it? Um issue one is a lot of meat characters, like, oh we we'll meet this new person, we we'll meet this new person. And it's got a couple elements that are kinda kitty in it. Like, uh, there's a little fly thing that constantly bothers our Padawan, and it's a story element for the sake of a story element. It's right. not bad, but it feels a little more childish than, once you get to issue three, three picks up and starts running, so...
0: Nice. But I guess the big thing about High Republic is, is, this is new continuity going back. They don't go back as far as Old Republic, but you get the idea that they're kind of trying to do a similar type of thing again, basically.
1: Sure. Don't of the Jedi kind of stuff, because the Jedi's right. already a thing. But
0: right. It's not nearly as old as older hub no. is, time-wise, but it's a similar idea.
1: Sure. I still say it's worth checking out. All right, well, from there, we're going to run in the interview with uh, Rory McConville. Uh, Rory's the uh, co-writer of the uh, Time Before Time book, coming out in the middle of May. So uh, we're going to run that now. Sweet. Sweet. This is Steve here with Top 5 Comics Podcast, uh, and I am joined by...
2: Uh, Roran McConville, the writer of Image Comics, Writers in Blood, and Time Before Time.
1: Right, right. And uh, today's, uh, well, this is 2021, so just after, well, still during lockdown, depending where you're at. And uh, as far as, like, uh, interviews, we're doing this via the the old internet, so uh, the satellites, I guess. First, First question. Uh, What drew you to write comic books, man? Do you do, I mean, I know you do freelance writing. Do you do do other stuff other than comic books or as far as like writing, what got you where you're at?
2: Um, I think it's just, well, like, I mean, when I was a kid, I kind of wrote whatever, but I think as I was growing up, I kind of gravitated more towards comics just because of, I don't know, like, I mean, I think initially, obviously it was kind of a big interest and I suppose the big two stuff, but then, over time just becoming more interested in the medium and the type of the range of stories you could tell within it was a big, big part of what drew me.
1: Sure, sure. Well like I mean list wise, I mean we, there's a couple other things you've worked on. You did some Judge Dread in two thousand AD and uh, you had a Big Gem <laughs> that you did, which is a kind of a history piece. So like uh Yeah. As far as pieces like that, do you do you like I guess writer wise, do you enjoy doing like things that are based on history more, or do you like doing more just, uh, I mean, I guess, wild sci-fi?
2: Um, yeah, so the, it's a weird one in that when I started I, the kind of projects I was getting offered were a lot of, because I'm from Ireland and it was a few publishers were putting out kind of Irish history graphic novels and I mean, I studied history in universities, so there was definitely kind of an element of multiple interests crossing over, but I think I... I think generally I'm probably drawn more towards kind of the wild sci-fi stuff, um, which would be, yeah, so that's how I would have gotten started with kind of Judge Dredd and now with Time Before Time, it's just kind of, I think, you know, one of the things comics is great for is just exploring mad ideas.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, as far as, like, styles of things, um, do you have a flavor you particularly like to read or do you have anybody that's inspired you as far as, like, writing style or anything like that? Is there any, is there any follow- writers you like to follow?
2: You know, he would have been someone I got into when I was a teenager, and I think you know, stuff like Why the Last Man, uh Ex Machina, Runaways, just the kind of the range and intelligence of the writing was just really uh striking to me when I was growing up.
1: Sure, well, Brian K. put together think- a bunch of really cool books. Mm. So like, style-wise, writing-wise... Yeah, you know he's definitely a good one. Um, as far as like, well, first, okay, I probably should have started with this. So this, you're you're currently, where are you at? Like physically, where are you at?
2: Uh, physically, I'm in London.
1: Right. And like London, just because hey, folks don't know, lockdown-wise, what's going on for you guys over there?
2: Um, so we're actually, we're still in lockdown at the moment, but tomorrow I think we're We're unlocking a little bit in that I think you're allowed to go to beer gardens and hairdressers are the new uh, things you're allowed to do. And you're kind of allowed to meet small groups outside, but there's still, I've kind of lost track of the kind of restrictions at this stage. I just assume we're going to be in this till uh, summer, but it's, uh, yeah, we're kind of moving out of lockdown slowly but surely, which is, definitely
1: nice sure right right well and it's not that dim- similar not that different from where we're at i mean very similar for us i mean like i was telling you earlier when we were talking before um colorado kind of got like our section of colorado kind of got lucky but a majority of things like lockdown wise we're in very similar places because a lot of states here in the states <laughs> have just started doing the same thing and like allowing certain things to open in restaurants a few restaurants are getting opened again so like we're not really that different as far as pacing is concerned. I think depending on where you are, of course, it's always different depending on what state you're in and what country you're in. So as far as the world moving, I mean, it seems to be a majority of us are moving sort of similar. So that's, uh, that's interesting too, just cause I don't, I mean, I don't talk to a lot of people from outside the country. So, or from outside yeah. of the U.S. So as a thing, it's interesting to learn that. I think, I don't know. I, I find it super interesting just to see how similar everybody really is. So it's kind of crazy. Cause, cause
2: there is. There, there is quite a range in the states, isn't there? In terms of the different, like you can have a totally different setup from one state to the other.
1: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as like what rules are allowed, what places? I mean, California, for the most part, is very, very different than what we have going on here. And as far yeah. as like what's allowed to be open, what's not allowed to be open, it's it it's being managed state to state. So it, yeah, it's a uh, mm. you drive two states over, and it's like a totally different batch of rules. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, a uh, it's an interesting thing the way things are broken up right now. Uh, just yeah, in general. <laughs> anyway, but on to more, more interesting or more fun things. So as far as like characters or like writing, if you could pick anything, like let's say No Hold Bars, DC Marvel, they open the gates and they say, do whatever you want. Any company. Do you have like a, a dream character you'd like to work on? I mean, as far as, uh, properties or whatever?
2: Um... I think if there was, if it was any property, probably the X-Men, I think they've always been kind of one of the most fascinating and kind of broad, um just like comics concepts out there. I mean, like even just with the current stuff, the way they're finding kind of new ways to push it forward is really exciting. And I think, just think it's always been a really kind of vibrant, uh, kind of just worlds
1: to play in. Sure, well, as far as characters, lots of characters, lots of options. Um, I mean, X-Men has a very broad branch of of just pieces you could play with. So, yeah, I, mm. I can understand that. That'd be pretty cool. Story-wise, so the current project you're going to have coming out is Time Before Time, right? Yeah. And that's coming out from Image Comics. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have a short pitch for that that you can tell our audience?
2: Um. So, ugh, let me have a thing now. <laughs> how, sh- how short is the short pitch
1: I mean as long as you want it to be my friend
2: um, let me think okay so in about a hundred years in the future the world has gotten so bad that people are turning to uh, crime syndicates who have time travel technology to smuggle them back in time now our story kind of focuses on two of these smugglers who have been working for this crime syndicate for a number of years who have finally decided they want to kind of start a new life for themselves so they plan to steal a time machine and things don't, don't go to plan pretty much. And it's some of the... We've kind of been pitching it to people as Looper meets Saga.
1: Okay, I can see that, yeah. As far as the thing, I got to re- I got to read the preview that you sent over it. And uh, mm. I think it's great. Like As far as stories, I am a time travel fan, though, so I might be predisposed to the idea of time travel. As long as time, it plays by its own rules and keeps its... it's you can make whatever rules you want. I mean, just like vampires. How do you kill a vampire? However you want, because they're yeah. not real. So as long as it plays by the same rules, I'm completely okay. Uh, you get to Marvel and they get willy-nilly in the movies, and that bothers me. But generally speaking, time travel stuff definitely fits my wheelhouse.
2: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you on the sticking to the rules you set down and not kind of changing them abruptly when you need to. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Uh, and I think, you know, time travel as a genre is probably quite guilty of, you know, there's a lot of examples we can probably r- recall ourselves that like kind of, you know, it's set down as one thing and then at a certain point they kind of just change the rules on you and it kind of robs it of any dramatic impact.
1: Right. Anytime it's convenient for the situation, I guess, I and mean, that's, yeah. that's me being mean to it. <laughs> Um, as far as the first story arc, do you guys are you guys set to do, are you doing five or six? What's, what's your story arcs look like right now? Do, do you know that?
2: So, yeah, no. So our first story arc is five issues. Then we're going to have a kind of special one-off issue. And then we start into our second arc then afterwards, which we're working on at the moment.
1: Cool. So as far as the first run, the five issues and the special. So as far as uh, pacing, you guys are doing a monthly, right? Like it's a monthly release? Yeah.
2: Cool.
1: Yeah. Right on. Well, as far as first release, now I know I had this written down somewhere in my notes, but I can't seem to find it. Um, issue one, I want to say, if I remember right, comes out. I think the first beginning of June, first in the early month. Is that right, or is it May?
2: No, it's uh, May twelfth.
1: May twelfth. Okay, so middle of May.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Right. Well, I know that we ordered copies at the store. So, guys at the shop at the store, um, come talk to me because I know we're getting copies. Uh, and it is good. Like I said, I got to read issue one, and even though most of you that know me, know that I'm presupposed to time travel. Um, I, I dug it. It's it good stuff. Interesting characters, and like it's a cool setup. Um, team-wise, you can work with a couple of different guys on here, right? It's you and uh, the Clan Shelby, is that right?
2: Yeah, so Deck De- De- and I are co-writing the series. We've got Joe Palmer as our artist, Chris O'Halloran is coloring, and then Hassan Otsmane is lettering it.
1: Nice. Well, decent team. I mean, as far as names are concerned, people, both at least a few of those names our guys should know. Um, as far as, like, other stuff in the world, you've, you've done another book with Image before. Yeah. And uh, now my brain, I know I know it, too, and I just don't remember. Uh, that blood? Oh, shoot.
2: Yeah, uh, Roses in Blood.
1: Right, right, in Blood. Right, right. Um, as far as series is concerned, that guy came out as a graphic novel, is that right? Yeah. So uh, there's another one that, volume-wise, I mean, we can get into the story. I know I don't have any copies right now, but if you guys are interested, I mean, hit me up and we we'll can take a look at that. Uh, Series-wise, do you want to tell us a little bit about that book?
2: Yeah, so that is kind of a standalone graphic novel about these two brothers who are hitmen. Their names are Cosmo and Arthur, and they're kind of, basically it's a book about their kind of darkly comedic uh, misadventures as they Cosmo hoping to retire and leave the kind of life of crime behind, but his brother's kind of constant screw ups invariably are making it very difficult for him to do that. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like a, a black comedy crime drama, kind of in the vein of like, say stuff like In Bruges or Fargo, that kind of flavor of dark okay. humor.
1: Nice. I mean, well, as far as books are concerned, what little pieces I saw from it were really awesome. Now, that one I, I admittedly have not read, but uh, at this point I do plan to get a copy for myself, so... Cool. What is your go-to karaoke song?
2: Oh, Jesus, I don't think I've ever actually done karaoke. <laughs> um, let me think. Um, don't Stop Believing, maybe?
1: Oh, yeah, well, that's a good, good, good one. Yeah, yeah. You can get people to sing along with it, too. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hide your own voice behind other people's. That's always a, a good tactic. 100%
1: man. Group 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 in participation makes it so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um so if you were stranded on a deserted island and only take 5 items with you, what five items five items would you take?
2: Five items to take on a desert island. Um God, this is hard. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> I mean, can it be anything to help you get off the island?
1: I mean, it, it can be literally anything as far as items are concerned. It can be people too, actually.
2: Oh wow, people. Jesus. That's, uh.
1: <laughs> well, then you gotta decide whether you want them to be stuck with you or whether you want them to be there because it would make your life better. So there's different, you know, different reasoning behind the people option.
2: Yeah. Um, probably, yeah. A laptop? Well, no. A laptop isn't going to be much good, is it? Because I won't have anything to charge it on. Um. Okay. First things come to my head: running shoes, a chessboard. Uh, don't know why, but a mini fridge for some reason. Even though I'm not going to have anything to put in the mini fridge. I mean, really, a boat It's really what I'm going to want in case I actually want to get out of there at some stage <laughs> <laughs> and my laptop I guess
1: sure well as far as like options are concerned I mean you can use a mini fridge to store things in regardless whether it's plugged it or not it would still be a seal of some type so yeah. um, if you want to keep things inside of it uh, wh- whether that be I don't know what whatever you find on the island I guess but it makes sense as far as a thing and laptop you need to be able to get a signal out to somebody and if nothing else I uh, I guess Last Will and Testament would be the worst possible thing if it was. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It went right down to the dark part, sorry.
2: (laughs) It's uh, it's a strange one when you think about it because, like, you're never actually. Like, no one is ever going to be asked to, like, offer to, like, take five items to go on a desert island. They're just going to wake up on the desert island someday and then they won't have any choice.
1: Well, that's very true. Sorry, that was, no, no, you t- were, you were a hundred percent right. <laughs> I think one of our, uh, one of our, one of our best answers was a, uh, was a Star Trek holodeck. And that was, uh, okay. I, well, and I told him anything, same thing with anybody else, as far as options are concerned. And, uh, yeah, he says, yeah. So one of those, the Star Trek holodecks, and I'm like, seriously, he's like, yep, that's the only thing I'm good. <laughs> I thought, hmm, good on you. Yeah, well, that,
2: that's- that's far more imaginative than me, for sure.
1: Oh no! It, as far as the thing, it, it's not. I think he just figured out a way around the rules fairly quickly. Because it wasn't like there's, right. there's not real rules. It's just you know, generally speaking, most most of us think of like, oh, I need like a pocket knife, and start thinking of like real survival stuff, and
2: yeah, yeah, and you he know, he went uh, for yeah,
1: he completely, uh, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, best best answer, fantastic. But no, good good yeah, choices, well, man. The running shoes make perfect sense too, because as far as like get around is concerned, you want something that's going to be comfortable. It's also durable. So that's no, that's good. I like that. All right, buddy. Last one. If you lived, right. if you lived in Fantasyland, would you ride a chocolate pony?
2: Um, I mean, is that the main type of pony there
1: is? I mean, it's Fantasyland, so I'm going to say maybe. Yeah.
2: I mean. I'd probably say yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> right, but aren't you worried about it melting? It means a chocolate.
2: Yeah, but I suppose you could just get another one. Like, oh, that's and maybe true. Fantasyland is cold at certain times of the year, so.
1: It, whatever you need it might. to be, right? Yeah. <laughs> right on, man. Well, appreciate you taking time to talk with us, man. Like, uh, Thanks for hanging out and chit-chatting. Uh, everybody no should look for your new book, The, uh, Time Before Time, because, like I said, it's fantastic, so I'd say check it out for sure. But yeah, man, thanks for hanging out, dude.
2: No problem, cheers for having me.
1: <laughs> Take it easy.
2: Have a good day. You too. You Bye.
1: Bye. I just want to thank Rory again for taking time to, to chit chat with us. Uh, Really awesome for him to set aside time. I mean, he's over in London, so it's like a seven hour difference. So, record recorded that interview a little earlier today, actually. Earlier for me, later for him. But, uh, yeah, we chit chat on the internet a little bit about doing it. So, nice. it's really cool that we managed nice to get that done. Awesome, dude. Uh, as far as uh, show stuff, Ross, what did you learn today?
0: Are am I watching for books still, too?
1: Oh, yeah, but that, that comes after this.
0: Oh. I don't learn things, Steve.
1: That's not true. 45 says it all the time, but I also know that's <laughs> not true. In fact, I think the two of you tied each other something earlier today. Ah. Tell <laughs> me.
0: I, le- I learned that you need a cat on every space station. It's a mandatory.
1: You know, what it might be, actually. They should look in the guide for the Aliens universe and see if that's true, because it would make sense if I mean, it was.
0: They treat it like it's against the rules, but I think universe laws, you need it.
1: <laughs> I mean. If you want somebody to survive, you're going know, to leave it to the cat. Ah, man. Uh, what did I learn today, Ross?
0: You learned that Batman can't fly, Steve. I mean, I knew that, but it was really funny. It was in that book.
1: <laughs> so funny. I, so I watched Batman and Superman and Batman, and then Death tells her, Batman can't fly? <laughs> Hilarious. So good. Um, well, yeah. So after that, <laughs> Ross, you got any books to watch?
0: Now I'm watching for books.
1: I mean, yeah.
0: I don't see any right in front of them. Oh. There's two
1: right in front of you. I can see them.
0: I can't see very good. No, um, So I'm, I haven't gotten to read them yet, but they're already out. Um, I'm super excited for the kind of tying into our other episode we did a couple days ago. Um, the Godzilla vs. Kong prequel uh, graphic novels that are coming out.
1: Right, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: because one of them takes place right after King of the Monsters and is from Godzilla's point of view um, and deals with, like, how he deals with the other titans that we were kind of wondering about, why they weren't in the new movie. Well, here's our explanation. What's going on there? Um And the Kong one supposedly deals with, like, a whole new set of titans that we yeah. haven't seen yet, which sound like they're right up my alley, because it's, like, the bad god of death or something crazy. But, um... Yeah, super excited to read those and see, you know, a little more details into that movie and how it all ties together and stuff.
1: Heck yeah, man. Um, as far as suggestions of books, I mean, I would say Noctera, which I've been saying for a few weeks. Issue 2 came out this last week, and it's fantastic. Um, it's an image comic book. If you, I think we actually did it on the podcast. We did a review on the podcast. So watch that book. Teen Titans Academy, also, like, a lot. Freaking awesome. Um, I'm gonna say "Time Before Time" again because I I, again like time travel, and even though it's come out in May, I say yeah, it should be it's it's a good one. Nice. So you should uh, should watch for that thing because it's fantastic. Um, as far as other books, we know that "Curse the Man" thing, Avengers number one is getting to a second printing. It's going to have a pack releasing cover on the second print as well. Mm -hmm. Issue one is pretty cool. Um, the series itself is "Curse the Man" thing. The way they have it titled, again, is that Marvel multiple number ones, which is super annoying, but as far as issues, it's going to be Curse of the Man Thing, Avengers, which is the first one, Curse the Man Thing, Spider-Man, which is the second one, and I think the third one's X-Men. They're all number one, but they lead to each other, gotcha. so it's actually series that should have been titled different, but the first issue is really pretty cool, and since it's going to second print, that cover is going to be Chasey also, probably. Right. Uh, and Daredevil. Current Daredevil's been fantastic. We have nice. some issue, issue 25, we get a shifting character. Uh, we have an Elektra thing happen where she is currently running around as Daredevil.
0: Oh, that's crazy. Uh,
1: 25 is where that story arc basically starts. And issue 29 came out last week. It is awesome. Nice. So if you, if you like Daredevil stuff or want to try Daredevil stuff, this is a different flavor of Daredevil, Daredevil, of course. But it's been awesome. I mean, he's in the book too, but she's, uh, she's the one driving the boat awesome sweet I think that's it that's all I really got with the things and stuff
0: things and stuff <laughs> things and stuff
1: Ross you got anything else over there
0: yeah no, that's it from me too
1: all right man uh, so social media stuff I mean you can find my scribbles and drawings at uh, top 5 comics CBS on Instagram uh, as far as links to the shows you can find all the links to the different shows we do on top 5 comics podcast uh, it's got a link for the video game review by in uh, 2050 Scovillionaires, Hot Shots Reviews by a bunch a batch of our buddies that do Hot Shots Review stuff. Uh, action Video destruct- Deconstruction is still over there. We haven't done anything new in a while, but it still needs plays. So, you know, help a brother out. Um, <laughs> you can find links to this show and to the Never Been Done Podcast show. Um, so, yeah. Go check out the com. Like, follow, subscribe, share with your friends. I think that's it, Ross. Share it with your enemies. Ross has a SoundCloud page if you like techno music. Well, or video game music. Not
0: really techno music.
1: It's a video game. 8 bit? 8 bit. We'll, we'll
0: see if you can find it.
1: Right. <laughs> I mean, good luck.
0: That it's not, actually not even all 8 bit either, or video that's game. That's true, it's not. I've got kind of a mix of everything, but. That's also true. It's all good. It's just for a fun
1: thing. Pretty, so. pretty talented individual. Well oh. I'm, I'm, I made a song with lyrics and it, the music is great. <laughs> the lyrics, not the best. Stranger Things flavored. <laughs> Drunk Nancy, you can find it on YouTube. Anyway, um, Tiki? Tiki. Tiki.